got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and turn with me now to Psalm 1. Today we're beginning a new series, and we're talking about the fact that we've got this good news, and we're talking about that all year long. Uh, we have a God who blesses, and that's good news, because God is good. He's good all the time. In, in every season and every circumstance, God is good, and His blessing to those who love Him and who follow Him is significant and it's certain. There are so many promises of blessings. There's so many descriptions of blessings. I love uh, this one in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in, in the heavenly places. The heavenly places are endless, and so are the blessings of God. One of uh, God's greatest blessings that He gives is salvation. The, the, the knowledge of the, of the confidence that we are right with God, sin forgiven, given new life, power of God working through us. And that gives us hope. And hope, hope is another one of God's great blessings to, to those who believe. You know, we talk about hope a lot here. We're living hope. And I always tell you to be hopeful. Here's a definition I've used for quite a, uh, some time now for hope. Hope is the confident realization that good is occurring and the confident expectation that good is going to come. It's this, it's this assurance. We know good is occurring. Even when bad things are happening, when it's hard, when it hurts, good is occurring. And we can know because God is sovereign and all-powerful and loves us that, that good is coming. We can, we can trust that he, he knows the way. He knows what he's doing. He's going to pursue and provide what is best for us, for his children, for those who have been saved uh, by, his, by his redeeming grace. We're not going to talk over the next six weeks about what the blessings of God are. That's not the focus of the next six weeks. We are not going to talk about the fruit. We're going to talk about the root. If the blessings are the fruit, we're going to talk about the root of what produces those blessings. And that's what we see here in Psalm 1. We see the root of what we are called to experience and do and to have in order to gain the blessings. And again, there's so many of them. They're in the heavenly places. There's no end to them. There's, we couldn't do it in a six-part series. We couldn't do it in a hundred years. It's going to take all of eternity for us to grasp and to understand the fullness of God's blessings. But what we do have to get our hands around, what our, our hearts around and our minds around, are the roots of these blessings. And, and what is it that we must do to be blessable? What must we do to experience God's blessings? Today we're going to talk about the fact that one of the roots of God's blessing is obedience. Please understand, obedience is a love issue. I cannot tell you how many people I've counseled with who said, Pastor, I promised I'd never do it again. I said I wouldn't do it again, and I've done it again. Why do I keep doing this? And it's that Romans chapter 7, and I just stop them and say, look, Obedience is not an issue of willpower. It's an issue of love power. Sin is not an issue of willpower. It's an issue of love power. Obedience to God comes through love. You've heard me use this formula before. It works. It's right. It's true. If you really know Jesus, really know Him, you'll love Him. And if you really love Him, you'll obey Him. If you don't obey Him, understand this is not a willpower issue. This is not a, a chemical or personality issue. This is a love issue. If you're not obeying, it's because you don't love Him. 
And if you don't love them, it's because you don't know the fullness of the glory that is in Jesus Christ. Because to know them is to love them, to love them is to obey them. Jesus said so. Look what it says in, in, in the Gospel of John. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's that simple. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So I'm going to ask you two questions, but please understand they're the same questions. First question, are you obeying Jesus? Same question, do you love Jesus? There are some people who think they can answer differently to those two questions. They're the same question. If you love Him, you obey Him. And it's in obeying Him that we gain the, the blessing of God. It's in walking and following Jesus as disciples of Jesus, eyes on Jesus, obeying Jesus. That's where the blessing comes. There's a little boy driving his mom crazy because when they would go shopping, he would hide from her. And, and she got sick of it because at the last time, it, it, the grocery store is a little bit easier to find, but it was like in a, so a mall, a store, and, and he hid from her. And she was looking, calling him, he wouldn't come. She got so upset, and he finally came, came out, and he thought that was real funny, and, and she didn't. And so she came home and told her husband, and her husband said, I got this. Don't you worry. I got this. Took the boy, went to a uh, sports uh, a sports store, and was acting like he was looking at something. He saw the boy take off to go hide. So dad, keeping on the boy, went and hit from the boy. And so at first, the little boy was sitting there. He thought it was so funny. He started laughing. And then all of a sudden, he's like, he's not looking for me. Dad is messed up. He's not like mom. He's not looking for me. And so he started to cry. And then he went to go and, and find other adults who could maybe help him. And about that time, I stepped out. <laughs> and I said, boy, don't you go hiding from us. You keep your eye on us because that's where your blessing is found. Did it scar him? Possibly. <laughs> does he wander away from me? No, he does not. Nor his mother. You know what God says to us? He says, child, quit hiding from me. Child, quit running from me. I cannot protect you. I cannot bless you when you are running and hiding from me. You are to stay with me. You are to follow me. You are to obey me. That is where the blessing of God is found. Now, what we're going to see in today's verse is what it looks like when a person is not following Jesus. We're going to see the negative sense of it. That's where it begins. We're going to be in verse 1. Now, the entire series, we're going to be in Psalm 1. Let me, let me recommend something to you. Memorize it. It's six verses. In the next six weeks, you can memorize this, and I'm going to tell you why. It has been one of the great blessings of my life when I have been down, down, down. This has encouraged my soul. In times when I needed to be corrected, this has challenged my soul. I believe this is not only an outline for the book of Psalms, I believe this is an outline for the entire Bible. And if you can get this, you can get the whole thing. And so we're going to study this. And so we got Ella with us. Let's all stand together in honor of God's Word. Ella, why don't you come on up? She's going to read for us the entire psalm. Psalm 1, six verses. We're going to do this every week. Today we're going to focus on verse 1, uh, but I'm going to have her read the whole. Ella, if you would. 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in the season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The Word of God. Thanks be to God. Well done, Ella. If you guys would, go ahead and be seated. First one presents the person that is not living an obedient life in Jesus. The person that is missing the great blessings of God. Please note, this person may or may not be a Christian. This person may be a disciple of Jesus. This person may not be. Here's what we know. None separated from God can enjoy God's great blessings because their life is lost in brokenness. Let me explain something to you about brokenness. God, put the three circles up for me. Let me explain something, okay? If you are living in sin, if you are not obedient to Jesus, to the Bible, you're experiencing brokenness. It comes in many forms, but you've got to understand, sin always leads to brokenness. Now, if you are not a disciple of Jesus, if you have not repented of your sin and believed in Christ, I want you to understand, this brokenness, a big part of that is the wrath of God. You are under the wrath of God. Everything that was poured out on Jesus, if you do not repent, will be poured out on you for all eternity. If you are a disciple of Jesus, if you are a Christian, but you're living in sin, a part of this brokenness is God's discipline. Your, your father, your daddy, as we're going to talk about in a minute, loves you. He's not going to let you act a fool. He's not going to let you make a fool of him. He's not going to let you just wander into, into trouble. And he's not gonna he's gonna let you fall away. He's gonna discipline you. And that's a part of the brokenness, it's part of his love too. So the only answer to this brokenness, the only antidote, is we have to repent, that is, turn away from our disobedience, believing that God, the good news that God has come to take on our sin, to forgive us and give us new life. If we will turn away from disobedience, trust in Jesus now. We can recover and pursue God's design. And this is where God's blessing is found, in the pursuit and the recovery of God's design. This is where God's great blessings are found. It's in pursuing and recovering God's design. There's three things I want you to see today. Now, let me warn you. Some of the things I'm going to say today will contradict the words of some who are preaching on television today. Some of the more famous books, so-called Christian books in our culture. I'm going to show you what the Bible says, and you'll have to make your decision. But understand that, that there's a lot of confusion about what I'm about to say today, and I'm going to try and be as clear as I can. So pay very close attention. Take good notes. And ask the Spirit of God to show you what's true. Understand, first of all, God's greatest blessings are accessed through a personal relationship with Him. 
to a personal relationship with Him. Personal. Friends, let me tell you something about Christianity. Let me tell you something about Jesus. If it's not personal, it's not real. If it's just religious activity, it's not real. If, if God is just a part of your life, but not your life, it's not real. It's personal or, or it's non-existent. It's, it's who you are or it's not at all. It's personal. Now understand, everyone relates to God, and God is good all the time, but He's, he's good in different ways to different people. Let me explain. There's two kinds of grace. I want you to write this down. Again, make sure you understand this. The first is common grace. Common grace. Jason Barrett, our worship leader, just a moment ago when we were about to sing God is so good, he was talking about things that are true of everyone because of the common grace of God. The job, the capacity to enjoy earthly things. Uh, the, the, the good things that come with breathing and eating and the sun coming up and the rain coming down. All of that falls under common grace. God gives that to all people. It's, it's available to all people. That's common grace. There's also particular grace. Particular grace. And this is the grace that is given to those who are disciples of Jesus. This grace is given to those who have repented of their sin, believed on Christ, have become children of God. There is a blessing. These blessings we read about in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, that are in the spiritual places, in the heavenly places. Those belong only to those who are children of God by grace through faith in Christ alone. They come through particular grace. Because we have a redemptive, particular relationship with God through Christ. I, I love my children, there's no doubt about it. I may have scarred them, but I love them very much. I love their friends. But there's certain things that I give particularly to my children. Many people have access to me. My children have direct access to me. Uh, they know they can call me at any given time. My, my staff, my friends, they know. My child calls, everything stops. I was in a meeting a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and uh, I had my phone turned off and one of my children was trying to call me so they couldn't get me. So they called the church office. The uh, lady at the front and for my assistant, one of Jason's children, are on the phone. Please speak with him immediately. My assistant... Uh, immediately interrupted the meeting. I looked at the person and said, you're going to have to step out. And my heart started racing. My children get direct access to me. I pick up the phone and I, I said, what's wrong? And the first word for daddy and then a message that was not worth interrupting me. We had to review our policy and procedure manual. After the conversation and a reminder of policy and procedure, stepped into my assistant's office where the person that I was about to continue to meet was standing along with several staff people with eyes very focused, who've been praying because they know my child calls me 
there's nothing that will stop me from doing everything I can. Other children? Yeah. That's y'all's job. You got your own kids. I'll help you help them. We'll score them together. It'll be fun. Can I tell you, when our Father hears us call His name, and I'm a broken man, still got a long way to go. And that's how I love my, my children. How much does God's perfect love reveal that for, for us? you get to call, if you are a disciple, if you've repented and believed in Jesus, the Almighty is your daddy. You know this one, Romans 8. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the son by which we call I, Abba. This is a Hebrew word, Aramaic word. The, the word for dad, for father, rather, is Abba. In both, in the Semitic languages. And so when a, when a baby is learning to speak, the baby says, ah, bah, 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 bah. Mama nurses, Mama cares, Mama changes, Mama frees. Mama says, Mama, Mama, and the baby goes, ah, bah, 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 bah. In our culture, Mama takes care, Mama loves, Mama, 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 Daddy walks in the room, Daddy. This is how God makes We call out to God, Daddy. And when we come in Jesus' name, not in common grace, but in particular grace, the angels of heaven are alerted. Sometimes even the saints of God. How many times, and I hope you've had this experience, have you prayed to God and received a phone call from a friend that says, what's wrong? I just sensed from God you needed help. What's wrong? I had a friend text me this morning, said, I don't know what you're preaching, but I'm praying for you. What's going on? I said, well, that is both Encouraging and terrifying. What do you know? <laughs> this is what happens when the father, when daddy hears from a child, his blood-bought child. There is a blessing. He's there. He's provision. He's providing with every heavenly blessing for those who are redeemed. It, it's as the access to a personal relationship. Write this down. Understand it. It's blocked. God's greatest blessings are blocked by a broken relationship with Him. It's blocked. Let me explain. Jesus calls us to be with Him, in Him, for Him. Write down those three prepositions. In, with, for. We are to be in Him, with Him, for Him. And that's where His blessings come. When we are outside of Him, there, we cannot access His blessings. Jesus said so. Pastor David preached on this last week. I hope you go back and listen to it if you weren't here. John 15, 4. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. If you're not in with and for Jesus, there is no blessing. It, it, it's not about that I make a decision. It's not about, it's do, are you abiding in Him? You have to understand that as a Christian, you will be tempted with a simple lifestyle. Understand that as, as a person who's not a Christian, you're going to live a, a simple lifestyle. What does it look like? Look at Psalm 1. You will walk in the counsel of the wicked. You will stand in the way of sinners. You will sit in the seat of mockers, of scoffers. So, 
We who are disciples of Jesus this morning, if you claim to be a Christian, understand that, that disciples of Jesus are going to be tempted to fall into sin. Now, how does that happen? How do we fight against that? I want you to give yourself a quiz this morning. I want you to use this. Write this down. Remember this, okay? How, how disciples of Jesus tempted to fall into sin? First of all, they rationalize their sin. It's not a big deal. You know, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's bad, but it's not as bad as whatever. I mean, it's, you know, I'm a good person. I deserve this. I, I should be able to be happy if I want to. I should be able to have what I want to. It's not that bad. We rationalize. We walk in the counsel. We walk in the counsel of the wicked. And we believe a lie. Second, they refuse to avoid tempting places, people, and situations. They stand in the way of sinners. Brothers, standing in the way of Christ, they, they go to places. They, they receive counsel from godless people, people who are far from God and mimic their lifestyles. And they, they, they despise accountability. They refuse to come under authority of a church, of other Christian people, because they want to do what they want, when they want, how they want. They want to, you know, and if they need Jesus, they'll call him. Otherwise, they plan to see him in heaven. That, that, that is not a blessable life. And that leads to sin. Third, they reject God's authority. They reject God's authority. They basically say, I'm going to do what I want. And here's what Satan loves to tell you. This is what the world loves to tell you. You can do whatever you want because Jesus is going to forgive you anyway. Once you've started to tell yourself that lie, you're in deep weeds. Once you start telling yourself, hey, I can do whatever I want to because Jesus is going to forgive me, not only is that a lie, I'm going to show you why in just a minute, that is also so disrespectful. So disrespectful to the God who loves you and died for you. Let me first of all show you why it's not true. This is Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. Don't try to justify it. Just take what the text says. Best way to handle Hebrews. It's true. Deal with it. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there's no longer, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. It says, what that says is what it means, and what it means is exactly what it says. That if you're going to disobey God, it's because you don't love Him. And if you don't love Him, it's because you don't know Him. And if you're going to say, well, no, no, I, I accepted Jesus. I made a decision. I just live like hell. Okay, okay. There's no forgiveness for you. There is, there is, there remains, no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. God died for the repentant. Let me show you something. Guys, put the three circles up there for me. Forgiveness. This sounds so simple, but I want you to write it down because there's tons of people that don't get this. That's Christianity 101, but there's a lot of lies out there, so write this down. Forgiveness comes through repentance. Forgiveness doesn't just come. It comes through repentance. In order to be forgiven so you can pursue and recover God's design, you have to repent. You have to say, I'm not going to do whatever I want. I'm going to do what God wants. You say, well, am I still going to struggle with sin? First John says, yes that you, for the rest of your earthly existence, will struggle with sin. But you will struggle, not accept, struggle with sin. If you say you're without sin, you're a liar, First John says. But if you confess your sins, he says, he's faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. 
it's, it's an issue of desire. Do you desire to obey Jesus because you love Jesus, because you know Jesus? Are you under his authority? First Corinthians talks about this. Uh, First Corinthians, what is it, guys? Six. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. You don't belong to you anymore. I, I baptized five people today. I asked them, who is it that has forgiven you of all your sins? Jesus. Who is it you're going to live in obedience to the rest of your life? Jesus. That's what a Christian is. Someone who has been forgiven and is now under the authority of Jesus. If you're not living under the authority of Jesus, you have no reason to assume that you are a child of God. I can't say whether or not you are. I'm just saying you can have no assurance. And one of the great blessings of God is assurance of salvation. It's knowing you are a child of God and that the blessings of God are available to you by Jesus because God is your daddy. Understand and write it down. God's greatest blessings are experienced in an active relationship with Him. It's active. So you look at verse 1. Bless the man who does not. Look at this. What, what is it not? Let me look at your text. Be very, very close to this because I'm going I'm to reverse it on you. Does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or, or sit in the seat of scoffers. Disrespect to God. What do they do? Real quick, go to Ephesians. Real, real fast. You're going to need to study this later on your own, but I want to give it to you. Go to Ephesians. Those who are blessable, those who are experiencing the blessing of God, they sit in a position of the redeemed. They are seated in Christ, in Him, with Him. Ephesians chapter 2. Let me catch up with you talking and not looking. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised uh, and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where are Ephesians 1.3? Where are the spiritual blessings found? In the heavenly places. How do we get there? In Jesus. We are seated in the heavenly places by grace, through faith, in Christ alone. That's our dwelling. That's where we sit. And because we sit there when we stand, we, we stand firm against the world and the enemies of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, real quick, verses 10 through 13. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. You're, you're seated your dwelling is in Christ in the heavenlies. That's where your citizenship is. That's where your identity is. Your stand is in Christ in the armor of God. What about your walk? You walk in a manner worthy of the calling. You walk in a manner worthy of the blood. You walk in a manner being called the children of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Look at it. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Ephesians 5.1, similar. 
Therefore, be imitators of God as His beloved children. All right. Does that describe you? Are you in Christ, for Christ, with Christ? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you living in obedience to Him? Or, or does He call the shots? Or do you call the shots? And are you assuming on the grace of God wrongly? If so, let me tell you something. You're in danger. You're in danger of missing out on the blessings of God. But let me tell you something. If you're not a disciple of Jesus, it's not that you're under the discipline of a loving Father. It's you're under the wrath of a holy, eternal God. And you should be terrified. And you should be running to this altar at the front to get on your knees and say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me and take over my life. I want you. I want you in charge. I repent of me being in charge. I want you in charge. Some of you claim to be disciples of Jesus. Are you obeying him? To know him is to love him, to obey him. Here's the same question. Do you obey Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Same question. Some of you need help. I get it. I do too. You need to think through, who am I listening to? What has my ear? What, who counsels me? How am I, how am I adjusting my, my, my stance and my walk? Is it according to the things of the world or the Word of God and the people of God? Here's what I know. In a room this size, there, there are some of you who are lost or some of you who are found struggling. All of us know people who are in, where we work, where we go to school, enemies. They're in trouble. Friends, we got to pray for them. we got to pray for them. Stop, stop criticizing them. Start praying for them and start right now. Let's stand together. Lord, you're a you're a great God. Daddy, you're so good to me. I do not deserve you. I do not deserve what you've done for me. I don't deserve to have what I have in Christ. But I receive it by grace. And I pray for some today who need to receive this grace and receive this life, this blessing. Father, I pray for my siblings, for myself, as we struggle to fight against them, that we are indeed fighting. And I pray you'll strengthen some who come today to ask for strength for the fight. And for those who want to come and pray for friends and enemies, family, hear them. Because they need what we all need. We need grace. We need forgiveness in Jesus. We need new life. We need hope. We need healing. Spirit of prayer, come and pray. Come and pray.